Well, good evening, gathered crowd. Uh, it's good to see everybody. I'm looking around for a face I don't know, and I haven't seen one yet. So, good to have you here. Uh, we are, as almost always on this Sunday, at least in my time in Emmaus Way, kicking off a new thing, a new year. Uh, we tend to find our rhythms at least alongside the academic year. If, if at least we're trying not to be dominated by it, but man, it does have its say. So, school starts tomorrow for a lot of folks. If you've been driving around Durham the past week, you may have noticed some extra people around. I don't know. Don't shop at Harris Teeter on 9th Street anymore. Uh, but. We're glad that you're here with us tonight, and we, as a staff, are excited to talk about what we feel like is a culmination of a summer, maybe in some ways a culmination of a year, and as really a specific invitation into um, another season, another year in our life together as a Mass Way. To start that, uh, we have this call to gather prophets of a future not our own. It helps now and then to step back and take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only the tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete, which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will heed or need further development. We provide yeast that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders, ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Amen. So, that's a good place to start any week, or anything. Um, yeah, glad you're here for this. Announcements-wise, we just had a big Durham Can Assembly. I don't know if there's anything new that's happening. You know. If you want to be a part of the Can Core team, oh, now is a great time to join. Um, let myself, or Tim Wilson, or Tim Wilson know. Um, we are trying to build up our core team within a mass way. Um, so if you're interested or willing, um, let us know and we will get you connected. And CAN is actually getting into a campaign around public housing. And so we have, yeah, we have three really big, um, affordable housing is still moving along, as well as jobs and um, putting pressure on Duke University as well as other large corporations in our community. Um, and then we have an action coming up in September around um, DHA, Durham Housing. I'm sure you or perhaps saw in the Indie Week um, an article about the number of evictions within DHA and how they have really more than doubled 
in um, eight months than where they finished the year last year. Um, and it was actually from Cannes organizing, Tinu Diver, the new organizer, um, her organizing in Hoover Road Apartments that actually pushed DHA to start changing their policies around eviction. Um, so this is really important work. Um, really just starting with housing. But yeah, come on. It's an exciting time. Anybody else in this dawning academic year? Something you want to throw out in front of people? Anything? I have another one. Oh, oh. Neil has a show next Sunday night at 8 o'clock at Arcana. That's true. James and I hope to be there. Sweet. Would love for others to Cool. And that's nearby. Yeah. yeah. It's like a divey tarot basement bar on the back side of Main Street. So if you've gone to the seance room, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> the back that's side of Main okay. Street. I mean, depends on what you're looking for. If somebody has not already taken the phrase back side of Main Street and like really worked yeah. it in Durham, yeah. Mm. Sarah, you had something. I'm trying to Thanks, Sarah. Anybody else? Clint. I got something small. Um, many of y'all know Jake, who's sort of new, who's been attending for the last, say, three months or so. He's in his final week of, uh, he's going through a program kind of similar to the one that I teach, where he's learning to be a software developer, and he has a big uh, demo that he's going to have to do on Tuesday night. I'm going to go out to it if you're interested. You can contact me and I can give you details. But uh, it's an exciting time for him. That's why he's not here, because he's super busy. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. Thanks for suggesting. Yeah, yeah. Jake, I'll say it again. I said it last week. Jake showed up on the first week of the summer, and we were kicking off a conversation on who we are as a community and what we think about that, and he stayed for the whole time. He was here more weeks than most of you guys. I mean, so if anybody's earned some support from this community, it is Jake. All right. Anybody else? Okay, well, with that, I'm going to invite up Rhody um, to lead us in sort of a prayer for a new school year. I know this is something we did in a really intentional way last year, uh, and we wanted to do again, and so, yeah. Would join me um, by reading the bold section? That would be great. God of creativity and curiosity and learning. We know the blessing the new school year will bring has been growing all summer. We give you thanks for the best fun, growth, and wonder of But we also know that life has gone on this summer and many of us feel exhausted before the school year has even started. God, help us to welcome this next season of school, remembering that we are creative because you were first creative, curious because you are curious, and learners because you have taught us. We pray for open minds, generations, and good humor as we live 
We are thankful for the students, teachers, bus drivers, administrators, janitors, chefs, and staff who will keep our children watched over and looked after, who create spaces of safety and creativity for our children to grow. And most especially, we pray for Azalea, Anna, Ada, Everett, Miles, Aiden, Grace, Asa, Dash, Cohen, Beckett, Zoe, Blythe, Abby, August, Judy, Misha, Emerson, Thorin, Anna Clara, Rowan, Sloan, and Lennon as they start school and preschool. Give them gifts of friendship and warmth, mystery and evidence, bravery and inclusion. We pray that they will grow in their own unique gifts and interests, and that they will become more fully themselves this year. In the name of the gracious one, the God of all seasons, amen. All right, so kids, we're gonna head outside now for a little bit. All right. And Julia's back because school's back in session. So good to see you back, Julia. Um, so we have a PowerPoint. Don't worry if you have PTSD from singing praise choruses on PowerPoints. We are not doing that tonight. Believe the um, word Jesus is not in it. Um, but we, and I also confess to Vance that we, uh, I hadn't made a PowerPoint since about eighth grade before this summer, and luckily Ben helped greatly in formatting as well as Elizabeth, but we are not professional PowerPointers. Um, but the hope of this is we have a lot of kind of exciting information to share of what we've heard this summer and how we have been dreaming as staff, but also as a community. Um, and we're going to share that with you. And in true kind of Emmaus Way fashion, we shared um, possible versions of what we might share tonight with kind of past, current lay leadership and past lay leadership of Emmaus Way at the end of July. And they said, this is great. What if you mash the two together? So um, this is really a mashup of what we've been hearing this summer. So what we've heard this summer is that there is a longing for deeper connection. There's a high value for the arts and creativity. There's importance of gathering weekly, but also a deep openness toward what that might look like. There's gratitude for our justice focus and desire for deeper missional partnerships. There's appreciation for conversation and dialogue. There's priority toward wide open welcome and hospitality. Brandon talked in a circle about this word confrontation, about belief within a community oriented around practice, and not only the confrontation as we think about it whenever we think of the English word, but what honesty comes when those two things meet, as well as possibility. We value space for despair and confession as a community, but we also recognize and have named this summer that there's desire for joy, affirmation, and absolution, and that joy 
an affirmation, absolution might actually be pieces of resistance against the principalities and powers that be. And that we need a space to deconstruct, but we also want ways to reconstruct. We also heard that we are not necessarily a church that likes paternalistic structures, but again and again, especially in the circles throughout the summer, we hear that folks appreciate more programmed opportunities, like the table groups, like pub group, like our Sunday gathering. We've heard that everyone feels stretched and limited by time and capacity during the week. And in the midst of those tensions, we need to cultivate fresh energy and desire for staff and co-ministers to lean in and make Emmaus Way thrive. And we heard again and again that given life circumstance, Sundays feel more workable as a time to gather together than other days or nights of the week. So what's on offer in what we're about to share? A weekly corporate gathering with diverse forms and practices, more space to practice together, both intergenerationally as well as age-specific, clear intentional rhythms that invite and encourage broad engagement, however you may want to engage, the resident artist model that we began in the spring, and co-ministers as co-curators alongside staff. We're offering more eating together, more fluidity between upstairs and downstairs on Sundays, continuation of our long-standing practices of pub group, home groups, and missional partnerships with an open door if folks want to deepen those or expand those to feel free to do so. And a pretty intentional invitation to co-ministers to dig in and reinvest in rhythms that will revive and redefine who we are together. Um, that's really the big picture of what we've heard and what we have curated to share tonight. Um, and we will get into the logistics once you have food and snacks because we figure hearing more logistics and specifics are better heard when your tummies are full. So we are going to pass the piece now um, and come back with more of the specifics of the possibility with what we are envisioning. Um, and having time for feedback. But that's what we've heard, and that's what's on offer, and we'll dive into more specifics once you pass the piece, get some snacks. The dessert, the chocolate dessert is gluten-free and dairy-free. The other one looks very glutinous and fabulous as well. Um, so pass the piece of Christ with one another, and then we'll dive back in in just a moment. Oh, right. Okay. Molly's reminded me that I'm actually supposed to continue this. So if you would gather back around, we will talk about where we last left you, which was in suspense. So... 
what is the specific invitation? What we're imagining after a summer of listening to you, after conversations with that group of folks in July, um, yeah, like talking together is an extended gathering time that will follow a rhythm of six, six-week seasons that will span from September to May, and that will open a lot of new space and creati- for creativity and community in our life together. And beginning in September, we think that that should look something like this. So first, notice a few things. One is, yeah, you've got six different seasons here. Every one of these is roughly six weeks. And the idea there that is that like for we have a really consistent rhythm that can become expected, that can become normative, and also that we can use those containers um, that are very predictable and that have a lot of like standard rhythms in them to explore, um, yeah, a, a topic, a text, something specific together. Um, for example, in season one, we thought we're doing a new thing. Let's do let's do creation. What we would like to say, let's take the first three chapters of Genesis or that first chunk of Genesis, that thing that has haunted so many of our um, imaginations and our, oh, Vance is looking at, yeah, Vance, you have some things to say about those few chapters. And, yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. So I think that taking on a text and through in each of these seasons or a set of texts that has a lot of wrestling with it for a community that's searching, like, okay, what does it mean to, like, believe? How do I interrogate the beliefs that I've carried with me to this point? Um, and to do that in a really broad, creative way. Also, we thought in that first season to use it because we're, we're proposing a lot of new stuff. You'll see we're asking some new things, inviting people into new things, to use it as an on-ramp um, to where we'd like to go. So ultimately, our hope is then in that second season, starting in mid-October, that we would sort of be at full speed, full-fledged. Everything, all the new things we're inviting to do, all the new rhythms we're taking on, um, volunteer rotate, all that type of stuff will be up and running. But for that first season, up until that time, we want to switch into a, a different time difference that you'll see in a second, but also use that um, increased time as a way to do some trainings, do some onboardings, do some like, how are we going to get from where we are now to where we'd like to be in October. So here it is. <laughs> this chart is what we would like to do. And what we'd like to do is based on hearing from you that if we're going to spend more time together relationally, if we're going to gather, do explore practices together, that Sunday is the time to do that. It's the time we've already committed to each other in some respects. Super complicated as soon as we head into the rest of the week in terms of getting schedules together. But what if we took our Emmaus Way gathering, it's always been about an hour and a half, and expanded it um, up into the range of two hours. For a couple of, and and we're going to go really specifically into this, but basically that second half will function a lot like our present worship gathering does now. Um, A a little shorter, perhaps, but really we've been going 440 to about 6 anyway. Um, And so downstairs we'll continue some of the exploratory things we've sort of done uh, through the summer. Upstairs with our kids, they'll have both faith exploration, but also time for play and tactile learning. But then on that first half, we're opening up a new space um, where we can gather together in some different ways um, and where 
yeah, a lot of the things that seem like have really dogged us from just having this hour and a half can be differently explored. Um, and something to say specifically about that is that in that first half, you see that we would like to, in taking on these six-week rhythms, one of the things we think we could do is say every single time we start a season, we're going to eat together in that first hour. Every single time we're ending a season, wrapping up a conversation, we're going to use that time to gather and do station worship. If you remember when the like middle schoolers descended on us uh, this summer, there were 27 of them, they had t-shirts, and we sort of said, well, what are we going to, and we did these stations, they were great. They were contemplative, they were prayerful, they were reflective, they were artistic. We've always loved station worship, so what would we do if we found our way into like four or five of those that seemed just good ways to be together that could be genuinely intergenerational. Maybe a couple thrown in there that, um, you know, are more thematic. But to take on those rhythms and then in the middle create an hour block four times in each season where we have specific offerings for adults and specific offerings for kids. So let's dig in. And we're going to talk a lot more about one. But to start, Elizabeth's going to give you number two. This might make it more confusing to do second half first, but this is the more familiar chunk, and so we're going to do start with the second half. So downstairs with the adults, um, as we are used to doing, we'll have this gathered time centered in our open table practice shaped by the arts. Um, and I would argue, as has always been the case, featuring different formats, but always having this communal dialogue. And so, you know, this talks about the different ways that that could look. You can have like a normal Sunday at Emmaus Way where you have the arts and the traditional, our traditional way of doing dialogue. You'd have the arts and then have the homily first and then have the conversation. We've done that before. Um, the community circle practice that we've experimented with this summer. Um, and our hope is that that would be facilitated by co-ministers. So one of the lay people would be the person asking the questions and facilitating that circle practice. Or we could have an art-centric ga gathering like we've done with our resident artists lately, like the Sunday when um, Marie led the dialogue practice or when Seuss was the facilitator of the dialogue practice. Um, so it could look a lot of different ways, but, you know, the same um, gathering would happen from 5 to 6.15. And then um, the hope is that that first hour creates a situation where folks from downstairs and we're able to be with the folks from upstairs and opens the possibility more of like the middle schoolers being with us more often or, you know, it could look a lot of different ways. But the hope is that that first hour is going to offer more um, possibilities for the adults and the kids to cross over. Um, and then looking at upstairs, um, during 
week, so week one, he mentioned, you know, you have the meal. And so during week one and week six, when we're having the meal in the first hour and the station in the first hour, all the kids would be doing their faith exploration time during the second half, like they do now. Um, but in weeks two through five, the pre-K and the elementary school kids would be doing their um, faith exploration or you know, their curriculum-driven time during that first hour. And the second time, like during this time, they would be doing more playtime, more hands-on activities, more kinetic game type of things, maybe more music time. So this kind of opens up more space for them to have more um, playtime and uh, hands-on type of stuff. Um, and notes the middle school girls, um, we've talked to them about helping in the nursery during the first hour, so their faith exploration time would always be in the second half, and that gives them more time for that, because in the past, they were splitting time with the elementary kids, and Rody has said often, like, oh, they wish, and I wish, we had more time to go in depth with some of the stuff we're talking about, but I don't have time because she's doing lesson with the elementary school for part of it and middle school for part of it. So they would have a more extended time in the second half. And we're hoping that the lead artist, the artist in residence, at least once each season would be spending this time with kids upstairs. Yeah, and so like Ben and Elizabeth both said, week one of each season begins with the community eating together in the first hour. Whenever we presented this to um, kind of current and past lay leadership at the end of July, one of our models had us eating together every week, and that's what we did in the first hour. And I had no idea what strong reactions people have toward potlucks. Um, <laughs> and so it was like, okay, we aren't doing that. Um, so we will eat together one week um, at the beginning of every season. Um, and then week six, like they mentioned, will be more art, prayer, meditative stations that everyone will be enjoying. And then upstairs during week two through five, something we heard this summer when Rody did breakout sessions around kids and even in the kids' dialogue is a desire of some adults to be able to teach the curriculum of, to our pre-K and elementary school kids. But this tension of a lot of the curriculum time happens when we're having gathering down here. And so our thought is that weeks two through five, eWay volunteers, um, which would be you all and others that aren't here tonight, would co-teach pre-K and elementary kind of faith exploration. And the middle school girls would have the option. Um, apparently they really like hanging out with the youngest Iwe folk. Um, so they could hang out in the nursery and with the teacher that would be in there. Or if there was an adult offering being offered, they would, could come and be a part of that. So it gives them some flexibility. And then downstairs for week two through five, there would be one adult offering that the resident artist would lead, like Marie's book group, reading group that she had, then probably the bulk of those conversations would happen on Sunday night. Um, 
the resident artists could decide if they wanted to have one time off of Sunday that they could, but sort of the bulk of that conversation would happen then. And then our hope with adult offerings is that there would be a wide variety. So maybe someone is really, so we're talking about time perhaps, right? And how we are one facet of time is constantly feeling like we're going, 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 going. And what does it mean to create an embodied bodily practice that causes us to remember our breath and slow down time? So what does it mean if we offer yoga for the first offer, right, for an adult offering? Or maybe we're offering a book study, or maybe some adults for that hour are wanting to learn more about one of our missional partnerships or talk about 1619, the New York Times magazine that just came out. So there are lots of possibilities with what that could look like for adults. Um, but we recognize that this is a lot we just threw out at you. Um, and so what are some clarifying questions? Or just, yeah, questions that you have. Yeah, Jamie. We don't have any boys. We don't have any boys. So Ben has been saying that next week there are going to be a, there's going to be a family with three middle school boys that are going to come in. Um, <laughs> and so um, I can feel them coming. Yeah. And so um, yeah. So this this uh, it may not work, but also right. I'm game for breaking down gender uh, yeah. stereotypes. The reason we so, keep saying middle school girls is right now only. the only middle school people we have are girls. No, 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 not at all. There are no, there are no middle school boys. Um, by them. Yes, by them. But that's a great question, Jamie. Um, one of them was interested in doing the songwriting class, and that didn't work out, but like we can imagine a situation where there's an adult offering that we would welcome them into. Other questions, clarifying questions. So, yeah, that's a great, mm -hmm. so we probably, our thought is that, um, the ecclesias, whenever they would fall, would fall in the first half three times a year, probably for May. Um, potentially for October and May, it might have to be longer, so it would just like bleed, kind of go into the like gathering time for the adults, but yeah. And That's I'll, our I'll thought. just go back to this. So for example, like there just happens that if you split the two seasons before Advent, there's like 13 weeks in there. So we have a week that works for Baptism Dedication Sunday. But yeah, it won't fall exactly the same every single year, right? It'll be rough. And so we feel like there'll be some seams where we can put things like that between seasons. But also we could create time within a season if, if need be. That's a great question, though. Yeah, Will, did you have your hand up? Next week. Mm -hmm. So our thought is that we would have a potluck on Sunday. Um, we recognize it's Labor Day, but those that are in town would love to gather and eat together. Um, and we will talk more about kind of the on-ramp of what that would look like. But our thought is the four o'clock, I, rec I recognize Emmaus Way, we are not the most prompt community, which is just fine. <laughs> and that asking to go, we went from 4.30 to 4.40, and now in part, and we didn't advertise it to you all, 
um, but we just changed it on the website so new folks wouldn't show up at 4.15 um, and no one be here. So we recognize that asking the bump up to four is it's a lot, um, but, but we're hopeful that with the on-ramp, we'll have six weeks of sort of getting to practice, right, what it looks like to arrive at four. Um, and so that is our hope that over six weeks we will create some practice for that. Yeah. Dave. I should probably know the answer to this since I'm married to Elizabeth. <laughs> In fairness, I should say she's probably told me to answer it. Which happens from time to time. Um, so for the kids, volunteers, you know, for the extra kissing, I think that's great. And I'm willing to volunteer for whatever is needed, you know, but are we preparing curriculum? That's a great question. And I'm mm-hmm. either one's fine with me. That's a great question. I'm just curious. You will not prepare it. Um, you will not prepare it, Dave. You yeah. will I mean, you can. not. You can. You can. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. And, and Elizabeth can talk more to this. Rhody is leaving us. She's writing curriculum through the end of December. So whenever she leaves, we'll have two and a half years. We are also the, um, going to it two and a half years total that she's written. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. She has written two and a half years worth of curriculum. <laughs> yes, which yeah. is a lot. Um, but then we are also hopeful that we will be able, um, we are planning on this fall purchasing more curriculum um, since Rhodey's kind of right, we will have some extra money because Rhodey's going to Texas. Um, and so the thought is that we would also supplement and purchase more curriculum so that we have a really nice like yeah wealth that we can pull from back in the day we kind of thought of there being kind of three-year chunks of age groups of kids and so if we had a three years of curriculum then you could go through those three years and then move up, and then we could use those three years again with the next crop of kids who are in that chunk. I mean, it's not perfect, and obviously we've made a lot of adjustments since then, but that was kind of thought. Yeah, Dave. Um, so the calendar laid out goes September through May. What so the uh, summers are open. Um, we still be with the same sort of time frame, broken into so I think it's intentionally so, right? We, to be honest, uh, it's pretty open from the staff's perspective. We know that we'll still gather weekly during the summer, but I think it's as a community, right, for us to discern what we would like the summers at Emmaus Way to look like. Um, see how it goes. See how it goes. So, yeah. And, and Wendell Berry, you know, would say, yeah, sometimes fields need to lie fallow, right? So, yeah, I think that there are... There, if we're taking on these seasons in a really intentional way and programming sort of the bulk of the year, like you're at a Way during the summer, there's a lot of people rolling through, there's a lot of travel. Would we want to take like, I don't know, would we do something really basic and intentional for just, you know, what, 5 to 6.15? Would we want to like take a season off as a community to do some other thing? I think leaving it open feels like a possibility, not a liability. Um, so... The elementary kids will be together, and that's kindergarten through fifth grade. So the kindergartners will not move up until 
January at the earliest. Okay. So they will, yeah. So does that? Yeah, I was just <laughs> wondering since we have a group of kids that are the same age, but one Yes. Yeah. And that's generally how we've always okay. done it. We've, the luxury of being a small church is you can kind of read yeah. cohorts and kind of keep them together, kind of judge like, generally the elementary age kids do reading and writing and so first semester kindergartners often it's better to wait you know that kind of yeah five-year-olds are more like two and a half-year-olds than they are ten-year-olds yeah yeah susan so i'm going to volunteer to help teach sunday school but there's probably no four weeks that i'm here every day. yeah so our thought, which we'll get more into this in um, kind of the investment that's needed, um, but our thought is that we will create sort of teams of teachers for each four weeks so that there will be consistency for the kids, but also recognizes that you might be out of town on a Sunday or you might wake up and be sick one Sunday. So there would, there would always be two, um, but yeah. So the hope is that, like, if you were paired with someone, that if you were out of town, your teammate would still be there and we could get somebody to sub for you. Um, but let's talk about, kind of for a moment, the possibilities of these new rhythms. <coughs> and I, a possibility that I see is that I am really excited that there is more space for us to intentionally be together without having to navigate um, multiple schedules Monday through Saturday to find a time. Um, I remember everyone really loved table groups, but everyone also said how hard it was to find a time for the table groups for everyone to be able to meet. And what ended up happening is a lot of table groups ended up happening on Sunday. Um, and so I think I'm really, really excited about that. I'm also, I'm deeply excited about this first hour and what it offers us. Um, just the creativity and possibility, um, because our hope is that co-ministers would want to lead some of these offerings, these adult offerings. And so your creativity and passion and interests get to inflect and inform in even more intentional ways um, the life and shape of our community. Um, those are two kind of off. Uh, yeah, of I'll pivot off of that to say that I think that there's a double-edged sword wherein having tried to program a lot of like listening, album listening sessions or art space things, like it's really difficult to get, even, even before like a whole lot more of you had children, it's really complicated to get a group of people together on an evening. And so having that space um, or something that you're deeply interested in, could you, you, would, you would have a space and there would be childcare um, for a group of Mayasway adults to get together around some common thing. I think that's really great to have that open as a lot of possibility. Also, um, the, other, the other edge of that sword is as long as I have ever been involved in like the doing of Emmaus Way, we have been stuck on the horns of, we are a church that crams two things that a lot of churches do separately, some kind of Sunday school and some kind of worship gathering into the same space. So getting people to go upstairs to volunteer means you're taking them out 
of like regular adult time, right? And, and when we hired Rhodey, a lot of what we heard on a regular basis, what we wrestled with as a staff is, we sort of positioned one of our four people to like be upstairs most of the time. So she wasn't able to do things that we would have loved for her to do downstairs. I now can take four weeks and go teach preschoolers upstairs, right? And get to know that those folks of this community in ways that I simply couldn't before. So I think the kind of intergenerational space and possibility opens up has been something that we have beat our head against for years and years and years. Elizabeth has sees no possibility. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think too, another, not only for us, but we, um, with, we will create uh, a search team for the next pastor hire this fall, kind of a group of folks, um, and are hopeful that by next, this next summer, we will have um, a new pastor in our community since Rhodey is leaving. And I do think that this model allows all four staff, co-ministers and staff to be integrated into all aspects of our community in ways that um, I think Rhodey in part just couldn't, right? Because she wasn't, right? Like there just wasn't as much space or possibility for the upstairs, downstairs. Um, yeah. Anything else before, we're gonna start saying more things. So if you have something to clarify or question about what we've already said, it's a good time. And I, I do have one more thing to say. Okay. Yeah, off the cuff, this is what's happened. Um, I imagine this probably seems like a lot, right? Like I've been thinking about this for almost a month and like, it's a lot. But I think the new possibility is, I think in many ways, um, I feel like Emmaus Way has been doing church the same way we've done it for a really long time, and it's really, really beautiful without recognizing and naming that our positions in life, right? We have kids, we are traveling more, we, right, X, Y, or Z, like we were post-evangelical 15 years ago, now we're post-post-evangelical, what does that mean? I see this added time together on Sundays to open up more possibility um, and to create kind of, a, I think in part this past year I've felt like we have been in some stagnant water and I think part of that's probably from leader, right, staffs. We were, have a huge part to do with that and I feel like this opens up the possibility for new life. I don't really know how waters work or rivers, but like for there to be, you know, just some new flow into the life of our community. And um, that deeply, deeply excites me and has made it worth um, trying to figure out how we take all that we have heard this summer and recognizing how tired and stretched thin so many people are um, that makes me really excited about what is to come. So, And if you haven't already discerned, there is no way this happens unless, and it, if it happens, it will be beautiful because um, in these new spaces that we're 
proposing to open up that there will be a specific invitation and specific possibility for the co-ministers of Mayus Way to create and recreate and co-create um, this intergenerational life of our community together. So we want to be really specific about things that, if this is going to work, we will need. Um, and we'll sort of pass these around. And, and there are sign-up sheets in the room. They are right over there, I believe. And oh, oh there's, you know, they're surrounding you. So, yeah. Uh, the first thing we think we'd really need is a food coordinator or coordinators. One or two people who would take the responsibility. We can give you the dates right now. These six times, we're going to eat together as a community from four to five. And we want that to go well. We're open to that being a potluck. A lot of y'all don't like potlucks. And you get them started, and they will tell you how much they don't like pot. So SK has proposed this model they do in their community, where you can sort of basically order a meal. I, I, my, me and my family, this many people, would like to have a meal. Three or four people from the community get in that kitchen at whatever time, 2.30, whatever, and have that meal ready for folks at 4 to come right, and, and, and eat it together. That we're open to a lot of whatever things, but it's gonna require that sort of intentionality to do it well, and whoever that person or persons are, are gonna need to get a team of people to make sure the food is here, to make sure the potluck signups work efficiently, to make sure there are tables set up or the things get cleaned up. Um, we think that's something that we'll need. Okay, we'll also, for week six of the rhythm, we'll need station coordinators. So one or two people who are willing to curate, coordinate the prayer, meditation, art stations. Um, so one week for each season, you would be doing that. And again, we have the dates already. Um, and we've said, four-ish of those stations would be the same each time. So you would just be setting up the same thing. And then maybe one or two of those would be specific to the theme and the text that we were coming around for that season. So like for the first season, it would be creation. The second season, it would be time. And so you would help think through like maybe what those unique stations would look like. Set up, tear down, curate. Um, part of this, the six week rhythm, what it allows us is um, we had text team in the past, but a lot of people didn't feel like they could commit to every week for an entire year, right? To sort of help um, facilitate or think through, curate our worship gatherings. And so what we're hoping is that one or two people um, each season, could be more, uh, would come kind of with staff and help us have a really big brainstorm session possibility of what we would love, what you all would love the worship gatherings to look like for each season. So you would be committing to like probably one, one to two meetings with staff, um, more on the front end of each season, um, to, yeah, really put your voice in what you would like, how you want to shape um, our time, our worship gathering together. So just be for one season, like looking at one to two meetings, co-minister curators, um, because I think that that just makes our gathering and time together even richer. We would love for those people to help staff think through what the adult offering might be. 
um, or if they themselves would want to offer something during that time. During that first hour during slot. During the first hour slot. And that, it's like, I hope that we're taking on topics that come out of the community in a way that there are people sitting in this room every week that we wouldn't want to have that conversation without them being part of planning it. So yeah, it just feels like a really natural thing to do. Um, you've seen us really take on, as we were trying to have this community conversation this summer, the circle practice. Um, I think it's really valuable. I think for a community that values dialogue, the difference in sitting in a practice that expects every single person's voice to become part of is has been really interesting to notice. Like, we were already a dialogical community, but that's a different way. So we think the intentionality of that practice or things like it, um, I think there's other, you can do smaller circle. There's a lot of different ways you can do it, but that kind of practice, sitting in circle with the expectation that our voices are what what's happening or, or what's making up our conversation is something we want to train some co ministers to do, such that when we're having those conversations, they are predominantly lay-led. Um, it's not, as you see, it's not super complicated, but there are, you know, we'd want to offer a couple of training opportunities for folks to sit down with someone who has a longer history in leading that than me, um, and say, like, here, here are things you think about. Here's, here's how to do this well. Here's things you want to hold. So, and we would like to have at least two of those folks, but it could be a lot more. Um, so we're, we've talked about this before, but during that first half, we'll need preschool teachers. So we need two people per season who are willing to co-teach the preschool children um, during that first hour in weeks two through five. So um, four weeks is your commitment and we would provide the curriculum for you to use. And similarly with the elementary school, um, for Rody, with Rody leaving, we were already planning, we already needed to hire an extra elementary school teacher. Um, and so with a new elementary school teacher, we would have one EUA volunteer in that first hour sort of be an assistant. If you would like to teach one week, I'm sure you could, um, but it'd be one person per season for those four middle weeks, weeks two through five. Um, that you would co-teach the elementary kids. Um, Four-week commitment in an entire year. Um, and again, if you're out of town, we would always, yeah, like have a sub-possibility. So if you can't be there. Uh, yeah, you don't get to stop other things, <laughs> right? So for a long time, right, essentially what we're doing, and a lot of those things we just said are related to the first hour. Wait, what? Oh, okay. I did it right, y'all. Um, so an ongoing volunteer investment, say that the kind of things that have made our second hour work, someone to hand out bulletins, someone to bring bread, um, three people every week for safe sanctuary purposes to make sure every classroom space upstairs has two adults in it at all times. We'll continue to need those things. Um, we would continue to think of these as opposed to some of those first hour things as sort of weekly rotations, like you would we'd do a similar process. Um, but yeah, that as opposed to those others, we'd be making a sort of seasonal commitment. These would just continue to be a sort of week-to-week -week rotation. And I think at this point, the last time Rody made the schedule, the kids' rotation is actually in pretty good shape. Yeah? It is, yeah. 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 Uh-oh. 
honest reflections. Who put that in there? Yeah. Um, both and. Who, who wants to start? Uh, no. Um, we really do want to hear from you all. Um, I want you to hear that staff, uh, we are anxious. Um, I th is anxious the right word? It's not wrong. Yeah. Um, we are anxious but deeply committed and excited by what, what is and what is ahead. Um, and I think it was Zach Hutchinson when we shared this with the group on the 31st. And whenever we, he's pro, he was, yeah, like with the potluck or the other option before this mashup kind of said, the potluck seems like the fun, easy thing to do, but I think option two feels like the right thing for our community to do. And I think that that's how we're feeling out of this summer. Um, if we're being honest, there's been a small core of EUA folks for the past 15 years in some capacity that have done all of these volunteer things. Um, we're hopeful that by having clearer, just like more clearly named what we need and where, that we can spread some of the volunteer needs and possibilities and investment in our community, sort of spread it out. More people make lighter work, I hear. Um, but yeah, what other, what do Ben or Elizabeth have to say? And then we do want to hear from you all. Well, I, I, I want to hear what Dave has to say. Apprehensions and what, I mean, obviously this is, we'll have to step up and I think that's a good thing and I'm excited about this. But I think I would like to hear from you guys like what excites you about this and also is this something, and you've shared that already, mm -hmm. but I mean, is this something that would be more work for you to do or will this free up staff a little bit more? Um, because we've talked about like, Hours yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a really great. Mm -hmm. We'd like to get that mm -hmm. under control. So I think in the short term, it's going to be more hours on staff. But I think in the long term, it is going to be more sustainable for staff. Um, and I am very confident in that. Um, I think we also, and I want to name this, that we, when we were dreaming this up initially, um, we did not know that Rhodey was leaving, um, but we feel, I feel, I think Ben and Elizabeth feel, that we don't want another transition to keep us from doing something that feels really exciting and right for the life and season of our community, even if that means that the fall is going to be a heavier lift for staff. Um, yeah, but I am, I think we're all three committed to, yeah, like I, having a more sustainable staff model with yeah. this. I think it's, it, I think it's an investment in the future. Um, if I'm really, I've thought a lot about the future of Way over like, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's, that was a laugh line, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> over like, you know, six, eight, how long, how long it's been, lay leadership, staff stuff. And 
this would be the most tangible investment that I have ever made in the future of it. Not in what it might be, not in what it could be, not in what may be if the right number of people decided it was worth their time that month, right? This, if we do this, we will be a different community a year from now. I feel 100% confident about that because when you show up on Sunday, when you feel connected to Emmaus Way, it won't be because of what the team of people you pay did, it will be much, much more often than maybe it has ever been about what you have done with and among each other and for each other. And I think that that will change the DNA of this community in a really significant way. To get that off the ground is gonna take a lot of work. Um, not just from you, but from us. And I'm committed to doing that because I think it will, it, it, there's no way we do this well and don't become a different, much more vibrant, interconnected, like sustainable, invested community. And I think we need that. Um, I'm excited, and, and I've shared this with you all too, but I'm excited to, to see us um, taking a risk. I think, uh, I mean, this is a risk, and it's, um, but I'm excited to see I mean, one of the things I've always been excited about and liked about Emmaus Way is how Emmaus Way reflected who was here and who walked in the door. Um, and to see us, if, if we were to keep doing the same thing for years and years and years and have not morphed and not try something different, um, I mean, we, we're all different people than most of us. Most people here were not here when Emmaus Way started or even five years ago. Um, and so I think it's natural, natural progression to see and try something different. And um, I was thinking, of, like, just as we were talking, it's like I, I imagine this almost being a conversation of a group of people that wanted to start a church. <laughs> like, in some ways, we're reinventing the Mayor's way, right? And like, you know, it's like well, we're doing this thing. We're gonna, we're doing this thing. We're creating this thing for these, these other imaginary people that are gonna show up. But in, in which we might be in some ways. But in reality, we're doing this for us and doing this for our kids and um, our you know, friends' kids and. Uh, and for each other, and that you know, create this deeper community um, where we become more connected. Um, because you know, we're the ones that are here every week, um, and I'm excited to see us move into a, even more into like tapping into being a more inter intergenerational church that places um, equal value on you know the kids that you know are upstairs. And so I'm I'm on board. I'm in a really it's a hard season of life right now, but. I think something that I hadn't thought about this until I met uh, with an e-way person who's, yeah, partner just has kind of more, and understandably so, like hangups around corporate, church corporate gatherings, like a worship gathering. Um, and she was really excited because she thought, you know, I think my partner would probably come to some of these adult offerings and could be able to connect into Emmaus Way. And then he wouldn't necessarily have to stay for the worship gathering, but I could. And it wouldn't feel like these two, that I'm a part of a community that he isn't, or that he maybe would want to come on a potluck night. And I hadn't really thought of um, that possibility, I think, um, which also made me excited as we continue to be a diverse community um, of just possibilities for families with this expanded time, um, all different types.
Any other honest reflections or questions, Joy? What excites me about this model is that we will all be more invested in our children. Mm -hmm. And those of us that don't actually have children here will get to know the kids that are here mm -hmm. and be a, a part of their life. And I think that is really I think I get excited about how the offerings, right, these hours, um, with both Religious Coalition for Nonviolent Durham as well as CAN, what does it mean that if Sunday from 4 to 4, 50, you know, 4 to 5, in weeks 2 through 5, like, our community, more people can actually be learning about and investing in the work of the coalition and the work of CAN without having to find another time, another day of the week, which feels daunting often for most, or might be keeping some people from engaging more deeply in some missional partners. Um, it's like, hey, if you have kids, kids have something to do. You can come learn about this. Um, let's get invested. Any other thoughts or? Yeah, Alan. Yeah, I, I felt another one out there. Yeah, Alan. <laughs> Like, well, I'm new still. I, I have to stop saying I've had a whole kid. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can no longer say you're new. <laughs> but I guess being newer, this is also still exciting to me. Um, and I feel like Aaron would be excited as well. Like, in conversations we've had about what we would want church to be, it's um, uh, what sort of vibrant, or maybe just. Um, flexible, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's what I see a lot here, that there can be some some predictability, but also I like what might come from everyone here that yeah. we might be able to get. Um, and definitely there's been some things where I'm like, oh, is it Tuesday at 8? Like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> But to know that those things can happen that we could be a part of. And to even start to think, like, what could I offer the church? Um, <laughs> My honest reflection <laughs> is that this feels very daunting, particularly in this seat where I sit looking at needing to make two children's hires and asking for more children's volunteers and so on. Um, so I would just, um, I would ask folks um, to, uh, to pray to ask for um, the spirit to be at work here to make this work and make it a good thing for all of us. Because um, in my seat, it feels like exclusively our efforts might be insufficient and that they, we might need some buttressing um, uh, I would like to think that we're co-creating um, with the Spirit of God um, in what we're trying to do. And so uh, that would be an ask for me. And I think one thing as well is, um, it is, right? We've heard everyone feels pretty stretched on time and what we have to offer. And I think it's really important um, 
I think why this is more sustainable is we're trying to give more specific intentional ways for someone to say, hey, I could do this thing six times a year or for four weeks out of 52 weeks. Um, and to remember that we each individually, we can't do it all, right? That we really are needing to share the work and share the possibility and share our gifts. And that it's also, right, Emmaus Way is greater than the people that are in this room. Um, and I would really, really love tomorrow morning, we're gonna send out an email with this fabulous presentation, because who doesn't love a PowerPoint, um, as well as like an electronic, right? I'm interested in X, Y, or Z sort of sign up. Um, but I would encourage you all to like reach out to someone that isn't here tonight, that is a part of our community, um, and talk about it, and be honest, perhaps, about where you're like, whoa, this is a lot, but also, like, I'm really excited by the possibility of X, Y, or Z, um, because it really is going to take all of us um, and the spirit of God, um, but, yeah. I'm going to add to that and say, Kyle, Jim's not here. We have some people in this room that have talked about how our community needs to grow. If you were ever going to invite someone to Emmaus Way, if you were ever going to try and make a connection to someone who needs a community and a community that you have invested in in spite of yourself, I think this would be a great time. I think that in many ways, like we are building here a structure, not just to be more vibrant for ourselves, but that can invite and include and inspire and like meaningfully be changed by other voices. And so I want us to be thinking about that. It's like not just how can this be a better community for me, but like what kind of life would I offer into this that would be worth inviting someone else into? Because I think those things feed on each other. And I hope that when I say different a year from now, that there would be more people here because I would have invested this in a way that makes me want to invite someone to it. Yeah. And I think alongside that, I think of Caleb Nagley's comment and one of a circle of conversation of not only how, how does the possibility, I really liked Alon, the flexibility, right? There's some rhythms, but also flexibility and the conversations that may come out of this new model. Um, how does Emmaus Way, how does it also deepen our relationship and engagement and connection with where we are living, where we find ourselves, um, how we are working to be about a more inclusive, loving, equitable city, um, community and city. And I think that there are possibilities here for conversation and engagement that's just a lot harder when you're trying to find an off day Monday a day Monday through Saturday, or from in an hour and a half on a Sunday. You want to talk about this last chart? Oh yes. So this There's is another to chart. So this is to like um, lessen the anxiety a bit, hopefully. So we are next week. We'll change the website tomorrow. Um, we're going to invite folks to arrive at four for an intergenerational potluck. Uh, staff will take this potluck for kind of setup. Um, as a gift unto ye. Um, <laughs> um, so we will take this one, um, and there will be child, uh, yeah, so this week, starting 4 o'clock, 
weeks two and three, so the eighth and the 15th before Rhodey leaves us. If you are interested or willing to help teach pre-K or elementary school, Rhodey during the first hour is gonna offer a children's kind of training and teaching and sort of best practices for you. Um, Childcare will be provided. If you are interested in wanting to become a facilitator for a circle practice, that'll also happen on the 15th. During the first half on 922, that's Rhodey's last Sunday, so we'll have a farewell party. 929, again, um, we'll have uh, childcare provided. We'll have circle training, no children's training that week. Sorry, that's Rhodey, my mistake. Rhodey will be in Texas. And just to clarify, you don't need to come to both of these. Just these one. are repeat. Just one. So you just choose one both for the circle training and the children's training, but we're just yeah. offering it twice. And if those don't work, we probably will offer, right? Like you could have a conversation off a Sunday, right? But these are kind of the ones that are built in. Um, and then on October 6th, we'll do stations um, to end our season. And those stations will be rooted in our conversation out of creation. So for the first six weeks, the kids will really stay the same, right? all the six weeks, the teachers and the volunteer rotation, that's all the same. So we aren't adding people um, there. So we'll have faith exploration, play, and tactile learning. And then downstairs, we talk about creation. It'll be different formats and different ways to dialogue together. Um, but we will have a robust conversation on creation in Genesis 1 through 3. And then our hope, like Ben said, is that on August 20th, I mean October 20th, we will kick off kind of with all the volunteers and all the pieces for the second season. Um, and we're looking at October 13th as our baptism dedication Sunday. So, yeah, we recognize this is a lot. Any lingering questions, comments, feeling words people are wanting to share? Kyle? Um, yeah, I just I want to thank you all for your leadership and sort of casting this vision and inviting us into it. I think that um, you know when Emmaus Way started, obviously I wasn't there, but from what I understand, you know, a big part of it was like let's do church differently. Let's think about how this could be different and create a space for people who don't necessarily feel welcome in what is on offer. And so I think that it's very Emmaus way to like be pushing on the model and evolving and res- being responsive. Um, and, um, and so this is really exciting and uh, I think that it's gonna be you know one of the biggest changes that we've ever tried as a community and that's awesome. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that in some ways maybe we've been we've been playing it safe for a long time from a model perspective, and um, we've been reacting to upheaval in the community over the years. And um, so, yeah, I'm just really excited to see, you know, even in the midst of Rhodey's departure, and I know that that wasn't you know part of the game plan. Um, but you're persevering and leading us through that. And I just think that's, you know, hats off to you and thank you for your leadership. I'm excited.
Alan, did you have something? Just making sure I understand for the A15 mm -hmm. and 29th, they're uh -huh. only the first half if you want the training. Correct. Okay. Yep, so it'll be in the first half. Yeah. Is both trains are offered at all three? No. No. Sorry. I'm sorry. The 29th training. is circle only. And I would say, like, both the, of those. the 8th is children only. But the 15th is either one. Correct. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, this summer I went on a walk with someone at Emmaus Way, and something that they said really stuck with me about thinking about community, and as I've been thinking about this, is I know that perhaps looking at this, we're asking for people to give, right? It's a bigger ask, give more. Um, but I would also just like be thinking about what excites you and what you may receive with this new model, right? How it is both we're giving to make this happen, but we're also going to be receiving more time to build deeper relationships with one another, to be and have more mutuality and proximity together, um, to have some laughs and bumps as we work out some of these kinks along the way. Um, but yeah. Again, we'll like this will be in social media and website, and we'll send out it send it out on eway social. Those sign up sheets, right there. Just go ahead and pull the trigger. And they're written in a very nice way. It's like, would you be willing to, or might you consider? So, um, I really love John. O'Donohue, he's an Irish writer. Um, and he has a blessing called For a New Beginning. And I wanted to read it as our invitation to table for even as we are beginning a new thing, there's still so much of our community that is the same. And that is being a people that come around an open table week after week, where we are met by one another, where we are met by God, where we are met with bread and wine and sustenance and abundance for the week. And I hope that as we enter this new beginning and come around this table, we'll be open to the possibility of what perhaps has already been starting within us. In and out of the way, places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming, waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered would you always live and be like this. Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. 
Awaken your spirit to a venture. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease and risk. Soon, we will all be home in a new rhythm. For our soul senses the world that awaits us. Let us come to the table, a table that is ready for our new beginning. And thanks for listening to a very long PowerPoint.